Welcome to Human Potential at Work, the show where we explore social impact, inclusion, and empowerment of everyone, including persons with disabilities. Your host is Deborah Rue, CEO of Rue Global Impact and co-founder and chairwoman of Billion Strong, an identity and empowerment organization designed to bring billions of voices of persons with disabilities together. To join the global community and to donate to the cause, visit billion-strong.org. That's billion-strong.org. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Deborah Rue, and I'm the CEO of Rue Global Impact and also the executive chair of Billion Strong, an identity organization, identity and belonging organization. So welcome to Human Potential at Work. My guest today is April Durrett with um, Deem, and she is the head of product design. And uh, Deem basically, and I, April's going to give us a lot more information, but basically is a business travel software. And um, it's interesting, travel software, it, it, as somebody that worked in corporate America for many years and was a business traveler, this is a very complicated thing, business travel. So we're going to get into that, but we're going to talk about, you know, why they have made it a priority to be accessible and why have they made a priority to make sure that our community was included. And so I'm, I just love what Dean is doing. So first of all, let me just do a quick visual description. I'm definitely in a purple mood today. So I am a mature woman with white, gray, and purple hair. And then I have on a purple shirt and I have on green earrings and I'm just blinging it out with color today. So uh, <laughs> April, welcome to the program. Thanks, Deborah. Thanks for having me. Um, I too am a mature woman and I asked my daughter the other day if I looked old and she said, no, mom, you look happy. So I could describe my face as happy. I'm wearing uh, big black headphones and a black sweatshirt because I wear a lot of black. I'm a designer and I wear a lot of black, but I also, like you, Deborah, I wear a lot of color. You just wouldn't see it on me today, but if you saw me on any given day, I'll be wearing a plaid or uh, just a really bright red or purple as well. Fun. Yes. I, I you know, is we got to have a little fun. Times are pretty intense. So right. by telling me if I need to put some purple in my hair to get through the day, I'm going to do it. So, um, all right. Well, why don't we start by talking about what is Dean? Sure. I'd be happy to. So Deem is uh, a software, and essentially what that means is it's a website experience um, where people can book business travel. And a lot of people who work at corporations, they might be booking trips to go see their other business partners or to maybe visit someone in an another country or a client. And oftentimes they'll use a software like Deem, and we call ours ETA. Um, and it means easier to travel anywhere. Um, and, <laughs> and so with ETA, um, that allows people to book that business travel. All right. And once again, I'd mentioned that in corporate America, that was something that I did. And I, it, it, it is very complicated business travel. It, it's, it's, there's so many moving parts to it. And I know that um, one thing I was looking at, I was looking at your features and it was saying thing, and your features are um, cost control for corporate travel. Well, that would make sense. That would be very important to a business. Um, sustainability. Well, let's make sure that we keep it going and it's appropriate. Um, Uber for business with ETA, because once again, 
These are business travelers. And when we get to the country, we need to get wherever else we're going. So that's a very important part of it. Um, travel safety checks, which not only protects the traveler, but protects the business and everybody else involved. And in these days, it is, that is more critical than ever before. And um, they also have Ed a mobile. And that I did this on purpose. The last thing that they consider features is accessibility. And if you go to their website, they clearly map it out, what they're talking about. And I do also want to say that they recently won the best user experience um, 2022 for American Business Awards. So I'm not just bragging about them. They're actually winning awards for this. So I do have to ask you, April, why, why did y'all make accessibility a priority? Because there's a lot of travel apps out there and we don't see them accessible. It's a great question. Uh, you know, when I think about travelers, it's everybody, isn't it? Everyone in the world is traveling. I mean, some people maybe don't travel for personal reasons, but really when you think about travel, it's the one thing we all do in business, right? And so if we're not creating experiences that accommodate all of our travelers, we're literally being bad for business. <laughs> like We're literally saying some of our users don't need to do part of their business. And that's not only unfair, but it's terrible for business too, right? <laughs> and we also know that accessibility comes in lots of different forms. There's a lot of things that are pretty obvious when it comes to digital accessibility, right? Things like vision impairment or hearing impairment. Um, but then there's others, like things like temporary disabilities or neurodivergent. Um, thinking or, you know, maybe um, a, some t sort of disability that changes over time, like perhaps as I get older, my eyesight might get worse and I'm, my accommodation needs might change. And so it's so important because all of these people need to have a great experience all the time. And I say great really purposefully because we don't want to just do what the legal minimum is. We want to make everyone's experience delightful. Like right. they walked away and were like, that was cool. Yeah. And I think also traveling, um, I, I haven't been traveling much lately and everybody knows why, but before um, the pandemic, I was just traveling all the time and um, I found it exhausting. I mean, I loved being with the people. I loved getting to know people, but I I just found it really exhausting. And it's, I have um, multiple times um, flown all night, got to the hotel, and for whatever reason, they, I, I'm not, I don't have a room or, or this or that. And I remember a couple of times when this happened, I just, I was looking at the guy and I just started crying because I was exhausted. I was exhausted. I didn't have anybody to call and, and then you're like embarrassed because you broke down. So I'm just saying it really, really, really can be very stressful. And then you add anything to it and that can just make it worse. So I just think it's such an important thing. And it's also critical that the corporations make sure their employees are safe while they're traveling. And so anything that they can do to protect us and know where we are and make sure that we have what we need to get where we're going, it's, as you said, April, it's very complicated. Also, you use the word digital accessibility. Um, do you mind diving into that a little bit? Because um, 
digital accessibility is, it, it's just a very important word. And we can, and you had said something before we went on air about, you know, accommodating a person individually one at a time, but you know, what do we do? Or you might even have said it while we're on air, but when it's a million users, right? So. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that takes us back to this idea of like, how can we understand the widest amount of our travelers and can we accommodate for things that that make sense for all of them, right? And there are some things that you can do on an individual level by personalizing experiences, but then there are kind of larger things that you can do from a from a digital accessibility perspective that accommodate everybody. So my favorite ones to talk about in general are standardizing the experience, making sure the experience is something they know and come to expect. This minimizes cognitive load, right? This makes it so a tired traveler um, can just know how to navigate, right? No matter whether they're using a screen reader or they are have large type or they, you know, whatever their kind of accommodation for their accessibility needs are, they're kind of having it in a consistent way. And I said minimizing cognitive load because we need to give them focus and give them the right thing at the right time, right? Like when your flight gets canceled, you do not need someone coming off with some fun pun quip to you that is, you know, being playful. You need to know what you need to know in the way you need to know it. And you need to be able to set those preferences accordingly. In addition, we use things like color and contrast, right, to appropriately kind of maximize the most amount of users that can access, but also allow them to customize things. Because we know that dark mode, if you're familiar with that, that works for a lot of users, not with some others. And we want them to have that kind of flexibility and consistency to get it down to the individual level, but build it for a million. Right, right. Which is so, so powerful. Um, well, but have you found that it's hard to stay accessible? It's so, it's so hard. Like everything, right? When I, it was so funny. We were talking to Deborah about like our computers updating right before we join calls, right? Things like that. You know what's happening? The reason why that's happening is because technology is moving at such a rapid pace that we can barely keep up with it. And so when you think about the minute D makes like a pretty wonderful and accessible experience, something changes mm -hmm. and we now have to update. You know what happens when you have to update? Everything else is affected, which means that we have to test. We have to re-speak to a lot of different users to make sure that it's still working for them, to make sure that it's still accommodating their needs, to make sure there's no bugs. And so the changing kind of technology landscape is so difficult. In addition, digital the digital accessibility landscape is way less clear than maybe the kind of physical world landscape of accessibility. It is so vague. And so we have to take it upon ourselves as a corporation to set standards because the basic standards may not be good enough to not only be accessible, but also delightful for all of our travelers. Oh, that's such a good point. So maybe that's why others aren't, aren't trying to do it because it's so hard. It could be. It's a low percentage right now that are doing it. And then it's an even lower percentage that are doing it well. But I think that's going to change. I think that people, especially if people like you, Deborah, are still talking about it and we're talking to people about why it's important. <laughs> right. I agree. And I think 
what people are starting to really realize is that accessibility is for everybody. Because as you said, using the word cognitive load, once again, when you have made it from your home all the way across the world and been overnight, you know, in, it, it really creates a major cognitive load. So actually, we all, if you look at disabilities, you know, um, we all at times are disabled, all of us. And um, you, you had mentioned, you know, as we age, we acquire disabilities. And according to um, AARP, the American Association of Retired Persons, um, in the United States, they said they estimate that at the age of 65, us have disabilities that impact our ability to, you know, navigate digital, navigate, you know, physical. So, I just always think it's interesting that people think we're designing for somebody else when we're designing for accessibility. We're designing for them, and no, you actually are designing for us. And I was talking to a gentleman about the metaverse. And um, how important it is to make sure these silly metaverse, anyway, whatever this, the metaverse is accessible. And he was like, oh, you're talking about 508 compliance. I said, no, I'm not. I said, we have come, we know how to do this. It's hard to do it, April. You just talked about it. It's a pain in the butt to do it, April, right? It's hard to stay on top of it. It's hard to keep it sustainable, but... Don't you want all of your customers to use your products and solutions? I mean, do I remember one guest I was talking to. I loved how he said he was from BBC, and he was said um, he starts a conversation with who should we leave out, and then everybody gasps and they're like, <clears throat> and he's like, well, <clears throat> what if we're doing programming for adults? Maybe we'd leave the children out. Oh, well, okay. So, but do we leave out people because? They think differently from us. They see differently from us. They hear different. What? That's just silly. So I applaud what you are doing. I really, really applaud what you're doing. And I hope the corporations are really um, not only appreciating Deem for what you do, but Deem for making the efforts to make sure all of their customers, all of their employees, I should say, can be included. What kind of feedback are you getting from your clients? It's really interesting. We, we, so we do a lot of research and a lot of that research is with people that use our software and then some is with people who don't use and maybe we hope that someday they'll use. And as part of that, we talk to travelers all the time. Like that's how we also keep our ear to the pulse of maybe changing needs, you know, pay, changing accommodations, really creative things that people have worked around or hacked their way to kind of figure out an accommodation that works for them. and. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cite one example. I'll call him Adam. I'll make up his name for now. But uh -huh. Adam is real, right? Uh -huh. And Adam uses a screen reader. And what, if for those of you who, who don't know what a screen reader is, but it'll essentially read your website for you. So it's usually for people with visual impairments, but it can be others. Um, and so Adam was so delighted because Etta, our website, really was... It, it made sense to him. We had thought about little details. Like, you know, when a flight has an estimated arrival time and it says EST, like we actually accommodated to say estimated, not est, you know, we took time to take care of the details. And he was like, I can't believe that you guys care enough to take care of these little details. Right. And that's the kind of feedback we're getting from travelers. They say, not only are you guys kind of doing what you're supposed to do. Like we're making it work for screen readers, 
but you're actually making it be awesome for me. You know, like it was it was a great experience for me. And that's just one of the kind of few or many examples, not few, many examples that we're hearing around just impacts on their daily life. Yeah. And, you know, I have a lot of uh, professional friends that have um, physical disabilities. Maybe they're blind or deaf or uh, in a wheelchair. And it gets very complicated for them to travel. Very complicated. And, and these are professionals. They need to, and they do travel. I unfortunately have friends that are in wheelchairs that are afraid to travel to certain countries because they're going to get stuck, not to mention what the airplanes, they, the airlines do the wheelchairs, but yeah. But it, it's just, I just think it's so important. And I just applaud Deem for making this such a priority. Um, I recently have started hearing about not corporate social responsibility. Certainly I'm hearing about that. Um, a lot of times corporate social responsibility is seen as just smoke and mirrors and not something that corporations really want to do. But I know that corporations are starting to understand that societal, societal expectations have changed. But I also have started hearing more about CDR, corporate digital responsibility. And to me, that is exactly what y'all have done, April. You have been very responsible, caring about, you know, silly things like making sure all human beings can use it. And, and, and once again, I just want to stress, and I know anybody listening to this program, you probably agree with me and know this, but all these efforts that they're making to make sure that DEEM is accessible to people that have disabilities, lived experience with disabilities, it, didn't help, it helps all of the other humans that also, whether no, it's so silly the way we've categorized everything right now, because even to be a person with a disability, it's almost easier to say, to, to point to people that don't have disabilities. So many of us have disabilities, but it's just a lot of us don't even know that, but that's, that's okay. Well, this is what we're doing. We're, we're, we're trying to advance society forward and, and not say you don't matter because you're blind or you don't matter because whatever. So, um, I just really, really appreciate all, all the stuff you're doing. Um, I have one more question I wanted. Oh, I also wanted to mention, and maybe you could tell us a little bit about this. Not only is your website amazing and really great content out there, but you have an ebook on accessibility. What what what's that about? So tell us a little bit about this ebook, and I'll give the name Web Content Accessibility and Why It Matters. So I think I think the reason why you need to speak wider about these things is because of that point that I mentioned before. Like, if, like, it's one thing to just be compliant, right? It's one thing to, you know, do the things you have to do so that you can pass tests and, and, and um, it, win work and win clients, right? But it's another thing to make sure that everyone is included, right? To make sure that everyone can travel to your point. Like if someone is not traveling when they need to um, and not traveling when they want to, like that's terrible, right? And so I think the reason for us to create an ebook or any of the publications we do, we do publish um, different types of research. We talk to people such as yourself, Deborah, because we want people, we want corporations to have more awareness around one, you can do this, right? You can do this. You and I talked about this before. Like you can take one chunk off at a time. You don't have to 
Try to solve the universe. Try one thing and see how it works. Start adding to it. So it's our hope by speaking out, by actually being generous with content, being generous with information and what we've learned, that maybe our partners will start to do this more. Our clients will start to do this more. Our friends will start to do this more. And the places that we go to work later on in our life will do this more. That's the kind of beauty of sharing this type of information. Um, it just helps everybody. Right, right. April, who are your clients? I'm, are you only working with um, really large corporations or is uh, there, and I do know the answer, by the way, but I'll let you get the <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so our clients are fairly large because when you think about needing to manage travel, if you're a small business, you're prob you've probably got someone who's running operations who can kind of run that. But there's at some point where you get to as a company, where it gets out of control. Like, so let's say you've got 40, 50 people traveling every month. How do you make sure that they all, to your point earlier, keep the costs lower? How do you make sure that you can ensure their safety by knowing where they are at any given time and make sure you have the right insurance in place? There's so many different factors. So in general, they're going to be probably a medium to a large size business. And I can't say all of the names, but they're big businesses. You know, there are these kind of businesses that like are well known and they are really wanting to make sure that they look after their employees and their travelers. And they want to make sure as many of them as possible are happy. And April, do you find that when your customers are looking at your solution as a um that it is a competitive advantage? I hope it is. Say yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Only because we need it to be a competitive advantage. We need the corporations to come and select you because you have made these efforts. We do. We need it. And we need the corporations to brag about doing that. We need them to say, no, we, it, if there is an option available to us and it meets all of our travel needs and it protects our employees and it makes sure all of our employees are treated respectfully in a way, why would we not do this? It just seems like it would be a major advantage. Uh, but are you seeing that to be the case? Totally. And you know what also is the case? Right. <laughs> is that any of the components that have to do with um, with humans and their happiness, healthiness, and inclusion are the things that stand us out. So things like support, right? Our port partners and us providing support. That's what gets great ratings on our app, right? Um, but in addition, also things like sustainability, the fact that we care about our impact, you know, that's another thing that really wins us over. And then accessibility, the fact that we're trying to accommodate as many of our travelers as possible, it differentiates, but also it makes them think, huh, maybe we need that. Maybe, how could we not have that? Right. It's like, wow, I, so I can meet all my business needs and also make sure all my employees are accommodated and safe. Wow. That, that's, that's very impressive. But you also do have at a go, which is for smaller organizations. Is that correct? That's right. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, tell us a, a little bit about the Etta versus Etta Go. Is yeah. it just based on the size of the, all right. 
Yeah. So if you think about any other type of software that you use, if you have kind of like a starter version or a version that's maybe less fully featured, right? Um, it maybe has a lower cost point, right, for you. And so it allows you kind of access some of those features that you need. Imagine you're this kind of travel manager for a smaller business, but you still have travelers and you still need to kind of get that support and kind of have that digital experience. You'd probably go with something like at a go. Whereas if you're a larger business, a Fortune 100 or, you know, you know even a Fortune 1000 business, like you're going to need kind of a fully featured, much more customizable. I'd say the lower versions are less customizable, just like any other software you use that has maybe the free or the low cost option um, as your first point of entry. Ooh, that's so powerful. Um, April, how big is Dean? I, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I know there's different ways to answer that. So, yeah. So a lot of people don't know this, but um, Dean is actually owned by Enterprise Holdings, which is the company that owns Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Um, they're a pretty cool company. Actually, if you look into their history, they're, so cool. they're, they're really, really an interesting company, but so the, they're owned by that company, but Dean itself is a, is a fairly small company that's been around for quite a few years and has reinvented itself in many different ways, but it's always lived in the kind of travel space for business. We're about 250 people. So we probably fall into that more medium size, but we ourselves, of course, use our own product. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're probably an ideal customer for that too. Yeah, that, that, that's just so cool. So April, why did y'all decide to start doing it though? Because I, I, know, I, I know that we're supposed to do it, but the reality is most companies are not. They're not doing it or they're just barely dabbling in it. So I'm always curious what motive, there had to be some reason that it came up on your radar. It's a great question. So there's a couple of answers to this question. Um, the first one is when you have employees that are happy and feel respected and taken care of, they stick around, not only in our customers' places, but also at Dean. So when you have people that feel a sense of purpose in the things they do and they feel included, they stay around. That's pretty good for business, right? And in addition, when you have uh, the kind of tools that people want to use, that's also good for business because that means that people are using the software you've asked them to use for their business travel and they're feeling included and they're feeling happy and they want to stay around and they want to use it. So when you think about this, accessibility is a really good business proposition, right? Like, it, it, I'm not saying because I'm not trying to be all pro-capitalist here and say that like it's it makes a lot of money. But when you think about when you think about all the components of running a good business, meaning hiring and retaining and attracting good talent, like that's a piece of it. You know, money making is one, but. The people part of it is another, and that's a huge reason to do it. Oh, I agree. So, so well said. And once again, first of all, thank you for doing it, but also thank you for making sure that others know what you're doing and you're sharing what you're learning. I just appreciate that. I think that's the only way to go forward. It's the only way to go forward is companies like Dean really making, you know, re really being dedicated to this. So I just am so, so grateful for that. All right. So 
what we want to do is we want to make sure that people know how to find you. So the, tell us about your website and your social media handles and, you know, and, and, and then also April, you know, you, there's a large audience listening to the show. Um, what can we do for you and for Dean to support the efforts that you're making? Because we really are all so committed to the groups that are including us. And so I'd also like you to think about that in your answer as well. Sure. So you can find us at deem.com. Pretty easy. Like the word redeem, just take off the re. So D-E-E-M.com. And you can also find us on Twitter at Deem Inc. Um, I would say also we will upcoming have a new blog where we talk about our business, uh, our our design decisions. That will be on Medium. You'll find that through deem.com as well in the new year. Cool. So um, you can always find it through that um, location. And I think, you know, the things that we would love to hear from anyone is if you have an idea of things that we can do better, of that we can try and do more, we are always constantly listening. We're always looking to grow and no form of feedback is bad, right? So tell me what you're thinking, right? And if that's in the form of go to my contact form on deem.com, uh, if you want to find me on LinkedIn and you want to tell me about it, that's no problem. I want to learn and listen and know more about what you think we could be even doing better. We know this is a journey. We haven't re- reached the destination yet, nor will we ever. And so we're committed to continuing to learn. Oh, I just appreciate it. And I want all companies to be thinking like you. So um, we really, really right. do appreciate it. So um, also when you're doing your blogs, April, send them to me and I'll make sure that I um, help turn up the volume for you. Because oh, thanks so much. I also believe we're all in this together. We all have to support each other. So um, anyway, we really, really, really appreciate everything you're doing. And I'm so glad that Ben Carey introduced me to you so that we could have you on the show today. But um, one more time, I want to thank you for what Dean's doing. I want to tell the audience it's www.deem.com. And um, they're doing some amazing things. They have this free ebook. I mean, it's, I, I think we should all be very excited. But if you're a corporation, you need to be using travel software that protects all of your employees. And so if your travel software that you're using now is not, you need to get rid of them and you need to go get Dean because. We need you to include us. And since they're making it a priority, we need to make sure they're wildly successful. And they're very successful, but even more wildly successful because that's the way forward, in my humble opinion. But um, anyway, thanks to the audience. April, thank you so much. And thanks to all the 250 people at Dean that are making a difference. Uh, That's just got to be heartwarming to work there. Thank you so much for having us, Deborah. We really, really appreciate it. And it was such a delight to talk to you. I agree. It was fun. Okay. Bye. Bye to everyone. You've been listening to Human Potential at Work. To learn more about Rue Global Impact, visit rueglobal.com. And to learn more about Billion Strong, an identity and empowerment organization designed to bring the billions of voices of persons with disabilities together, you can join the global community and donate at billion-strong.org. That's billion-strong.org.